Thank you for listening to the Keystone Church Podcast. For more information about us, you can visit us at mykeystonechurch.com. In, um, in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I love this verse. Not, not they might be satisfied, not it's good to be hungry. He's saying, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then looking back in the Old Testament in Psalms, Psalm 107, David writes, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So we've got an Old and New Testament reference here for God being a God who loves to fill the hungry. And so the first key that we're talking about in encountering the pres- God's presence is hunger. Um, if you guys have been here any length of time, you've heard me talk about hunger before. It's one of my favorite topics because I think it's one of the most important things that we can get in our pursuit of God. Smith Wigglesworth said, the secret of spiritual success is a hunger that persists. It is an awful condition to be satisfied with one's spiritual attainments. God was and is looking for hungry and thirsty people. So what do we do about that? How do we stir up hunger? I want to walk us through some steps and then at the end I'd like to actually have some time that we can connect with each other and pray over each other about this. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm very scripture based so I, I'm, I'm going to keep pulling out a lot of verses here. But Hebrews 11.6, it says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what it's saying in Hebrews here is God rewards those who seek him. So I think the next question is, how does he reward those who seek him? In Luke 11:9, Jesus is teaching and he says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he's saying, if you seek Father, you will receive. If you ask, it will be given. If you know how to give good gifts to your kids, then how much more will your Holy Father give you the Holy Spirit? if you ask him. So the reward of seeking God, the reward of, of, of us chasing after him is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is how we encounter the presence of God here on earth. So why does that matter? Jesus says in John fourteen nineteen, he says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now get this. This is right before Jesus went to the cross. So he knew he was going to the Father. He tells the disciples, Because I'm going, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the reward for those who seek him, right? And Jesus is saying, you won't, the world won't see me, but you will see me. 
So again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says, my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Manifest means to take from the invisible to make visible. Manifest means to, to make clear, to make apparent. Have you ever walked into a room and somebody's having a conversation and you know you're not supposed to be listening into what they're saying and you just kind <clears> of, <throat> anybody know what I'm talking about? You've just made yourself manifest. <laughs> they didn't know you were there. It wasn't clear and all of a sudden it becomes clear. Okay, we better stop. In the same way, what we're talking about is God coming into the room, manifesting himself to his kids in a way that they can recognize and encounter and acknowledge in a way that's tangible and real. Jesus promised his kids that he would show himself to them. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So as believers, as followers of Christ, having encounters with the presence of God and hearing his voice is not just something that God offers to some people, but it's actually a part of all of our inheritance as his sons and daughters. It's a part of what he's giving to us. So here's the thing. If you have sought him and never felt him, this is not a, a talk to make you feel guilty. This is a key to empower you to begin to encounter and experience him in a new way. So I want you to hear that. If you've been seeking him and you're like, I've been chasing after it, it's never happened. Well, it's likely that one of the keys that we're going to talk about has been a spot you've been stuck. And my hope is that we can unlock that and help you get to a place where you're encountering and engaging with God in a personal way on a regular basis. We owe the world, we owe our city, we owe our families an encounter with a personal God. But we have to have that encounter our, ourselves first. So for me, stewarding the presence of God in my life, it's been one of the most rewarding, challenging, addicting, mind-blowing pursuits of my life. I've been after it for 22 years. I've been chasing after ex experiencing the presence of God in my life. And I wasn't hungry for God at first. I didn't have a hunger, or at least I didn't realize I did. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing all the biblical stuff, but I had no idea, no comprehension that there was something more that I could have a hunger for until I saw it. For me, my encounter with hunger came from tasting it. But here's the thing. I think some people think that hunger is something you just have or you don't have. Some people look at some others and they're like, man, they have that hunger, they have that just chasing after God and he just blesses them and it's unique and it's weird to them and it's not something that's for me. I just wanna make this clear. Hunger is not something that you just have or don't have. Hunger is something you either encounter or choose. So I wanna walk through a couple of the ways that we can establish hunger in our lives. The first is you get a taste and you need more. The first is you get a taste, and that's what happened to me. I got a taste of what God felt like. I got a taste of what he was like in other people. I saw other people that God was moving in. I saw uh, spiritual gifts operating in other people. I saw uh, prophetic gifts. People were speaking words of prophecy over me that was like word for word what I felt like God had said the previous night. Things that were just impossible, and I'm watching them walk in these gifts. And I got hungry for it. I actually started to get to a place where I was like, almost a little competitive. Like when it came to sports and things like that, I have never been competitive. So I, I know I'm probably gonna lose. You're gonna play me in football, baseball, whatever. Like I'm, I'm resigned to the fact I'm probably not gonna do very well. I'll have a good time, but I'm not gonna get super competitive about it. But when I started to see people walk in spiritual anointing and, in, and hearing God's voice 
and experiencing him, I almost, it's, it's, it's almost like I got angry inside. Not mad at them, but in anger might not be the, correct, the totally correct word, but it was just this kind of fire in me that said, I want that. There's no reason that, that I can't have that too. And it wasn't a jealousy thing. It wasn't a comparison thing, but it was, a, if it's possible, then why am I not experiencing it? If it's possible to encounter him like that, why don't I have that? And what do I need to do to get it? So I tasted and that made me hungry. Another way we experience hunger is we make a decision. Sometimes you can just make a choice. This is something that I want. Usually when you decide to go on a diet or you decide to get in shape, it's not something that you've tasted and want more of. It's no, I've made a decision. I'm gonna lose these 10 pounds. I'm gonna do what it takes to get in shape. And you make that decision and you start going for it. It is a completely valid way of building hunger in your life by just deciding that you want to be hungry. The third way is the hardest way. The third way, I think, unfortunately, is the way a lot of people choose. The third way is when you get crushed. You find yourself in a season of desperation and you have no choice but to be hungry for God. We see this when, when there's tragedies, when there's a worldwide events of, of chaos and struggle, which obviously we find ourselves in now. And we see that, that in those times, you see so many people talking a lot more about God, talking a lot more about prayer, and they're growing in their hunger, and that hunger comes from that place of desperation. The problem is if you rely on desperation to drive you to hunger, it's temporary. Because as soon as desperation's gone, you're gonna fall back to what you were comfortable in before. At some point, whether it's you tasted God and you wanted him, or whether it's you found desperation and you chased after him, at some point, we have to go back to the place of making a decision. We have to decide that we want to be hungry. In Luke 20, Jesus says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but whoever, on it, whoever it falls on, it will grind him to powder. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about, when we talk about that place of desperation, that's the stone falling on you and you're ground to powder and you are just like, God, I need you. I don't know what else to do. And when you wait to get to that point, you don't have a foundation to grow from. And it's good to seek God whenever you can. But if you can seek him from a place of strength and foundation, here's the thing. If you fall on the rock and let it break you, that means your pride is gone. That means you've decided not to self-protect. You've decided to voluntarily fall on God and let him break you. And here's the cool thing. Jesus promises when we build on the foundation of the rock, we won't be shaken. He says the house that's built on the rock, the storms of life can't move it. So voluntarily choosing to be broken is so much better than waiting for life to crush you. And when I talk about brokenness, I'm talking about hunger. I'll tell you, in my life, I refuse to let the, the rock fall on me. I'm always gonna choose to fall on the rock. I will choose to fall first, be broken, and let that be the place. Because what happens then is when the storms of life come, and they will, instead of finding myself in that insane place of desperation, I'm actually able to enter into those places of, of trial with his presence already with me. Does that make sense? So I wanna give a couple thoughts and a couple tips on how to engage and build hunger. First is you just make a choice. It literally is as easy as going into the place of prayer and saying, God, I want to be hungry. One of the things that set me free was being able to say to God, God, I don't want you right now. 
but I want to want you. It set me free to realize I didn't have to come into his presence with the perfect heart and mindset. I could actually say, God, I don't even know what it means to want you. I don't want you right now, but I want to want you. I want that desire in me. I don't have it right now. And I'm coming after it and I'm asking you for it. And just simply doing that begins to stir the hunger. Because here's the thing that we need to understand. When your body gets hungry, it lets you know. It's going to be loud. It's going to scream about it. Anybody who's ever tried fasting, and I say tried because that's what most of us has done. There's no shame in that. Your body will yell at you. It will let you know it is starving. It needs food. If you've gone, you know, one day without eating, eat now. You're going to die. Your body is screaming at you. Your spirit doesn't do that. Our spirits are quiet. They're subdued. Until you actually begin to really engage with your spirit, you don't actually realize when you're starving until you start to feed it. Once, once your spirit starts, you stir it up, you get to that place of hunger, and then you taste a little bit of God's presence. You taste a little bit of the joy and the peace that he's got for you in a personal way. And all of a sudden, your spirit goes, hey, yeah, that's great. And you start to realize, I was hungry for that. That filled something in me I didn't realize was there. In, um, in Ecclesiastes, it says, he has set eternity in the human heart. He set eternity in the human heart. That means that what, what we are capable of containing is eternal. That means that we were designed to, to have God inside of us, the eternal God inside of the eternity in our hearts. That means that you get a little bit of him and you can have more and you can have more. And the deciding factor of how much of God that you get to have is you. You get to decide. So I want to encourage you to get first, get a competitive spirit. Not, not in a, I'm going to be better than anybody else, not in a comparison way, but in a way of saying like, if they have it, I want it. God, the anointing, the gift, the, the, the spirit, the voice, the presence, the encounters, the experiences, I want it. I want to have my story with you that, that reflects reality, that reflects real things that I can share with people that I've experienced. Guys, in my life, in my encounters with God, in my pursuit of this, I have, I'm not a sensationalist. Anybody who knows me, I'm not the guy that's, that's, that's well, <laughs> I don't blow things up for the sake of blowing things up. I'm not an overly emotional guy. But I have had encounters with God. I've had moments where it feels like his presence is so thick in the room, I move my hands and it feels like I'm moving through water. I've had times where I could just stop breathing because his presence is so thick. There's so much life in the room that I actually don't need to breathe. I've had experiences with him where he's, he's given me words of knowledge in such specific detail and clarity that, that it's been able to just open up avenues of ministry to other people that I could never do on my own. I don't say that to toot my own horn. I don't say that to make myself sound any, any better. I say that because I want you guys to know what's possible, what's out there that's available for all of us. It's not for special people. It's not for the guy that sits up at the front. It's for all of us. Some of it means we just need to, sometimes you just, one of the tips for growing this hunger is to actually sit in a place of silence and peace and let yourself experience it. Our spiritual hunger, sometimes we keep so busy that we don't know it's there, but if you would just sit, if you would just sit for a minute and let there be some peace, 
all of a sudden, your spirit would start to go, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I want something. I need something. And you begin to have that chance to let God come and invite him into that place with you. The other thing is to watch, you know, if, you're, if you are trying to get hungry, how many of you found that watching other people eat can often do that? Like, there's times where I'm like, I've had a full meal, I'm fine. And then I see somebody taking a big bite of a juicy burger and I'm like, oh, I, could, I, I couldn't do that right now, but I could do that right now. I shouldn't do that right now, but I want to do You know what I mean? You get hungry by watching other people eat. So surround yourself with people that have a, a deeper level of the spirit, that have something that you want. Read spiritual bi biographies. I read biographies by some of these, these men and women of God and I latch on to pieces of it. And I'm like, God, I'm gonna claim that part for my life. I wanna hear you the way they heard you there. I wanna experience what they experienced there. And I get hungry by seeing other people eating. But here's the thing, hunger for God requires us to say no to good things in order to have the best. Hunger for God requires us to say no to good things in order to have the best. It means sometimes I might be saying no to legitimately fine things, to the book, the TV show, hanging out with friends, whatever it might be. And I say no to that because I'm going to take 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour, and I'm going to pursue hunger. I'm going to steward that in my heart. It's something we have to actually manage and steward and grow. It doesn't just happen all by itself. Here's, here's, here's another, another restaurant analogy. How many of you have been to a restaurant? Let, let's say that encountering the presence of God, let's say encountering him is dessert, and the rest of life is, is dinner. How many of you have been to dinner at a restaurant and you really want dessert, but by the end you just can't fit another bite in your mouth? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like one of my favorite places is P.F. Chang's. They have this, this dessert. It's called the Great Wall, and it's this giant mound of cake and it is like insanely decadent it's got like fudge in it and raspberry drizzled on top and i'm not a big raspberry and chocolate guy but oh my gosh i would kill for this and you go and you want to make sure that you have room but then every single time you get to the end and you're like i can't do it so it's it's a simple solution how do you solve the problem of not having enough space to fit dessert start with dessert eat dessert first <laughs> <laughs> I want to encourage you guys to start eating dessert first because by the time you get to the end of the day, you are full, you're tired, you're, you're confused. Our, our brains get packed with everything that happens. Jesus talks about, and the Bible talks about, the first fruits. And there's so much in that I can't even get into today. But when we give God our first fruits, here's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I'm giving you my best. I'm going to give you my most alert, awake time. I'm going to give you my most peaceful time. I'm going to give you the time where I, I usually would be spending it eating my entree or my appetizer. And in this time, God, I am giving it to you. And I'm going to take 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is you can do. Guys, if you can start with 10 minutes, do 10 minutes and make it a pattern in your life that you're giving that time to him. Because I guarantee you, eating dessert first, meeting with him first, putting that in your life first, will build your hunger and it will build your ability to hear him and feel him. He is here, he wants to manifest himself to his kids. If we're not experiencing him, we have to ask ourselves, where do I need to look 
And what do I need to adjust so that I can experience him because he's there? So, gosh, there's so much more I want to say. You hunger for what you feed on. So when you, when you feed on him and you begin to feed on the word of God and feed on time in his presence, you're going to start hungering for it more. Here's the last thing I want to say, guys. Being able to contain more of God's spirit and presence in your life means having a greater capacity to carry the peace and the power of the kingdom of heaven with you. If you want to carry the power of kingdom with you, if you want to carry it into your business, into your family, into your marriage, into your relationship with your kids and your friends, then get to that place with him where you're, you're able to contain more of him. When I came back, I, my wife and I did a year of missions in, in countries all around the world. And when we came back, I couldn't go to a restaurant and finish a whole hamburger. It was like my stomach had shrunk because I was used to eating rice everywhere we went. And I guarantee you that didn't last very long. I was like, this is great. I'm going to stay thin. And no, I can eat a whole burger now. And the reason is my stomach has expanded. Guys, it's the same with your spirit. Sometimes you might feel like, man, why am I only getting this tiny little bit of him? I want more. Why, am I, why is it everybody else is getting all of this and I'm just getting this little tiny bit? Keep at it. Your spiritual capacity will expand. You'll be able, you'll find yourself encountering more of him the more you steward that gift and steward that time with him. The last thing, Revelation 3 Jesus is speaking to the churches and he talks to the church that's lukewarm. He says, because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. But we don't often read the next part of this. He says, because you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. If you're just going to rely on your physical senses, you're often going to feel that you have need of nothing. But Jesus is saying there's a spiritual condition behind that where you are poor, where you are, you are hungry, you have need, you need to be clothed, you need to be fed, you need to grow healthy in that spiritual place. We need to steward that place with the same intentionality that we give to the needs of our body. Maybe more. <laughs>